Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree podcast series. Bonus episode for episode three with Stu Morrill. This one with a long time, another long time assistant coach for Coach Morrill, Don Verlin. Don Verlin first linked up with Stu Morrill at Colorado State for the 91-92 season, then spent a couple seasons away at Cal State Bakersfield before returning to Colorado State for the final four years of Morrill's run at CSU, and then the first 10, that's right, a full decade under Coach Morrill at Utah State. After his time at Utah State, Don Verlin went on to become the head coach at Idaho with the blessing of Stu Morrill in the 2008-2009 season. He spent 11 years as the Vandals head coach. Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast, is brought to us by Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. Mike Nugent, Gary Bryan, and Mike Bryan are all big supporters of the University of Montana men's basketball team and Grizz Athletics as a whole. Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate prides itself on providing the community of Western Montana with full-time real estate professionals who are here for you whenever you need them. Their reputation as the state's most knowledgeable and available real estate group has helped build unmatched trust in the Garden City and around the Treasure State. And Mike Nugent from Berkshire Hathaway is a leader in the local real estate community. Mike is currently the sales manager as well as a realtor and broker at Berkshire Hathaway. He's also the past president of the Montana Regional MLS, the past president of the Missoula Organization of Realtors, and a Missoula native who bleeds maroon and silver. Mike's knowledge of the local community runs deep and his knowledge of the real estate industry is comprehensive. So no matter what sort of question that you might have, whether you're in the market to buy, you're in the market to sell, or you just want to learn a little bit more about what it's like to buy and own a home, Mike Nugent of Berkshire Hathaway is your go-to real estate expert. Mike Nugent, Mike Bryan, and Gary Bryan all understand the importance of history when it comes to the University of Montana, particularly when it comes to the men's basketball program. And so Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate is proud to present to you Grizz Greats, the coaching tree. At Berkshire Hathaway, they understand that buying and selling are huge decisions, and they always have your best interests in mind. So give them a call, Berkshire Hathaway, your local real estate experts. Thanks for listening to Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast. Enjoy our conversation with former Stu Morrill assistant coach, Don Verlin. Well, welcome to Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast. Another bonus episode attached to episode three with Stu Morrill. Very happy to welcome in a man who was a longtime assistant coach with Stu Morrill at both Colorado State and Utah State, Don Verlin. Coach Verlin, thanks so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, we're very happy to have you here. And, Coach, you've got a long history in the Big Sky Conference, 11 years at Idaho and all of that, but it all started in terms of basketball coaching at Colorado State. How did you get lined up with Coach Morrill in the first place and uh, and end up on his staff? Well, that's an interesting story. Uh, I, was a, I was doing my undergraduate work at, at Stanislaus State and was a junior college coach and, and actually got in touch with Skip Molitor, and that's back when they had uh, graduate assistant coaches in Division One basketball. And so got to know Skip a little bit, and he got me in touch with Coach, and, and I was his graduate assistant when I first started with him back in uh, 1991. What do you remember about when Stu was first trying to build that program? When he took over Colorado State, it was an interesting job to take, and uh, I think he definitely laid the foundation for some success that both he had and coaches since then have had too. But what do you remember about those early years at Colorado State and Fort Collins? Well, those earlier days, you know, as you guys know, he had just came from Montana, and he was trying to establish the culture that he wanted at Colorado State. And following Boyd Grant, which was very difficult because Boyd was a legend at Colorado State and a legend in the coaching ranks, what Stu really focused in on that time was 
forming a culture that could carry on for a long period of time, you know, based on hard work and being competitive and implementing his system both offensively and defensively. And, and that's probably what I remember most is how firm and disciplined he was with his rules and how we were going to go about things. So many of the guys we've talked to related to Coach Moore will talk about just how great his acumen was when it comes to just the X's and O's parts of the game, particularly on offense. How would you describe just his mind, his basketball mind? Oh, it was very good, very innovative, loved that part of the game. It made such a big impact on me. I ran the same system uh, basically at Idaho when I left Utah State. So, you know, it was something that, you know, we adjusted and developed, you know, it over time. You know, it's interesting to me, too. He was, of course, on Mike Montgomery's staff when he was at Montana before he took the head coaching job at Montana. And when he was at Montana and then later at Colorado State, Coach Montgomery was going on to great success at Stanford. And I'm wondering if there was ever any conversations that you would have or that he would have with with the staff about his time with Monty or maybe what was going on with Monty on this parallel track with him at Stanford and you guys at Colorado State and then Utah State. You know, a little bit, uh, but not a ton. He had so much respect for Montana basketball and obviously Coach Montgomery working for him for for eight years and how they built that program and, and, you know, kind of building their program on big guys and, and, and owning the paint and, and dominating the boards, those things. So Montgomery obviously had a huge influence on coaches philosophy and he always used, you know, some of Montgomery's sayings, if you will. You know, coach, we've, we've talked with Tim Dorea and Randy Ray, and now yourself, who are all assistant coaches for for Stu Morrill in the scope of this podcast series. And one thing that I find completely remarkable is the duration that all three of you had with Stu. I mean, you're talking about a decade and a half, basically, for all of you guys on staff over the course of years at Colorado State and Utah State to be coaching with him. How is it that he was able to, you know, create a, an atmosphere and a situation in which guys like you were just so content and happy to be there and to work with him in those years? Well, I think the best thing that Coach did with uh, us three, uh, Tim, Randy, and myself, is he always made you feel invested in the program, and he always made you feel a part of how we were growing things, and he always valued your opinion or your suggestions. And so I always felt like, you know, obviously it was his program, but I always felt really invested, you know, whether it was Ram basketball or Aggie basketball, I always felt really invested. So interesting what you mentioned when you were at Idaho that you had so much influence from Coach Morrill, because myself just watching your teams uh, for the second half of your, your time at Idaho, there always was a sense of familiarity, and it seemed like there was some similar stuff that even you were doing to what Montana is doing now with Travis DeCure, but then you look at some of the stuff that Coach Ray's doing at Weber State, it seems like there's a lot of um, cross-pollination, so to speak, a lot of similarities both in schematics as well as just kind of what you guys want your programs to be about. So when you were in the league, what did you think of that element, the fact that there was sort of some familiar stuff that maybe traces back to the same roots? Oh, it was definitely really familiar. And, you know, even even when I was first got to Idaho and we were in the WAC and we were playing coach at uh, State, I mean, it, it was like, uh, you know, inter-squad scrimmage, if you will. Obviously, they were better than we were. But it was very familiar, especially, like you said, with Travis and Randy being at, at uh, rival Big Sky School. So it was a lot of fun. It was good to see. And it was always, I always felt, found it very interesting is, some of the adjustments they made or things they added to what they were doing, it was a lot of fun. 
When you decided, uh, you know, in 2007, 2008, or, and then to, to go on and be the head coach of Idaho and you get that opportunity, what was that like? Because, again, you'd been with Coach Morrill for a lot of years. What was the conversation like to say, you know, Coach, it's time for me. I, I, I got to go do this one. Oh, that was a very difficult uh, conversation that day, I'll have to tell you. You know, like you said, I'd been with Coach for 15 straight years, you know, in the last 10 at, at Utah State. We'd had so much success. and then, and had it going, but everybody wants to be a head coach, and, and I thought that was the perfect time for me to go. I didn't like going in the league, but it was a situation where I had a chance to go and, and run my own program, and, you know, as me and Coach talked through that situation, you know, he knew that it was that was best for me. It was time for me to go on and, and be a head coach, and he was very supportive and very helpful all the way through my time at Idaho. An interesting timeline at Idaho, too, because you had the six seasons where, like you said, you're in the same league as Utah State, coaching in the WAC, but then you were also the head coach at Idaho when Idaho returned back to the big sky. So what are some of your memories of that transition, and what, what do you remember that being like? When we left the WAC to go to the big sky, it was a big transition because the leagues are, are totally different. In the WAC, you had to have a lot of size and a lot of athleticism, and in the big sky, you had to have a lot of skill. And I think that was the biggest transition between the two conferences. Everybody talks about how bad the travel was in the big sky or is in the big sky. <laughs> it was nothing compared to the old whack. So I felt at University of Idaho at that time was very fortunate to get back in the big sky because of the regional rivalries, because of the things that went on, and because of the travel. And so I thought it was the right move for Idaho at the time. I, I, I think it's the right move for where they should be. So I really embraced the change from the whack to the big sky. We talked with Tim about this, who has twins, as you know. I think you yep. also know you're a twin. <laughs> uh, and I'm wondering about the rhyming names of Ron and Don. Is that something that you resent that you have this and when you got a twin over there? Or are you happy that, hey, we got this sort of alliteration going on? Would it, would it have been better to be Don and like Kirkpatrick? <laughs> Well, I, I always tell people it's better than being named Floyd and Lloyd, which is what my, <laughs> my grandpa wanted to name us. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so I always felt very fortunate that it was Don and Ron. Well, that's pretty good. I would say that's pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm into that. We've had it. We've had it. Uh, of course, I was asking Tim about this, not knowing, in fact, that he had twins, uh, and uh, because it came up, so it was, it was a fun conversation with him. As you look back on your time. Just to wrap up here with you with Stu Morrill, what's the maybe one thing that you would say that stands out most to you about Coach Morrill, either the coach, the person, and so on? Well, you know, the coach in, in uh, Coach Morrill, very, very competitive in pretty much everything he did, we did, if you will. Every day we, we were competing, even if it was in recruiting season or, or whatever it may be, and I thought that's what always elevated his program. You know, as a person just a genuine, great human being, cared a lot about his players, cared a lot about his staff, and obviously cares deeply about his family, as we all know. But I think, you know, those two things, the competitive nature, but also the ability to care for the people who are working for him, with him, players who played for him, those two attributes stick out fondly in my mind. Don Verlin, Coach, thanks so much for being with us on the podcast. You're welcome.